Welcome to the Relevant Truth Podcast. My name is Roger Mason. This podcast is dedicated to examining biblical truth. The Bible is overflowing with relevant truth, useful in our everyday lives. Thus the title, Relevant Truth. The Bible was relevant to those that first heard it through the apostles and prophets. It is also timeless truth, which means it is relevant for us today in the 21st century. It is my hope that through this podcast, you will be both encouraged and challenged as we look at the Bible together. In today's podcast, we want to look at the Bible's description of the Lord's return and the rapture of the church. This amazing future event that the Christian is to eagerly anticipate and prepare for. Paul speaks to the Thessalonians, attempting to clear up some misunderstandings about the resurrection of the dead and the rapture of the church. Starting in verse 15, Paul says, For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who were alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore encourage one another with these words. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 15-18, reading from the English Standard Version. There are those that are skeptical about the second coming of Christ. I have heard Christian ministers say that those who believe in the rapture of the church have an escapist mentality. A belief in the rapture of the church will cause Christians to be consumed with heavenly things and neglect earthly responsibilities. As a matter of fact, belief in the rapture is anti-evangelistic. None of this is true. All biblical truth, including the rapture of the church, must be taught in balance with all other biblical truth. Christians are often accused of this pie-in-the-sky belief in the second coming of Jesus. And there are those that are skeptical about the second coming of Christ. The Bible addresses this skepticism in 2 Peter 3. The Christian is told that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. That's 2 Peter 3, verses 3 and 4. I have been told that the word rapture itself is not found in the Bible. And this, of course, is true. But the Bible still teaches that there is a rapture of the church. The word trinity is also not found in the Bible. But the Bible still teaches that God is triune. The word rapture comes from the Latin word rapturo which means to be caught up. In the Latin Vulgate version of the Bible, the word rapture does occur. 
in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 17. It says this, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. The Greek word harpazo is the word translated caught up in verse 17. The Bible teaches that the church will be caught up or caught away with Jesus when he returns. This is what the Christian means when he talks about the rapture of the church. By rapture of the church, we mean that the church will be removed from this world and taken to heaven. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 17 that this will happen when Jesus returns to this world. This is not such an unbelievable thing, since it did happen in the past, according to the scriptures. The scriptures record that this happened at least three times. There is the rapture or the catching away of Enoch, found in Genesis 5 and verse 24. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Also found in Hebrews 11 and verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death and was not found, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Then again, the rapture or the catching away of Elijah is recorded in 2 Kings 2, verses 1 to 12. Let's read verse 11. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. This is talking about Elisha and Elijah. And then we have the rapture or the catching away of Jesus recorded for us in Acts 1 verses 9 to 11. Let's read verse 9. Now when he, that's Jesus, had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. In this same text, we have the promise of his return. Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. That's the angel speaking to the disciples after Jesus ascended into heaven. Acts 1 and verse 11. Jesus told his disciples before he died on the cross that when he died and departs from this world, Jesus says, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's John 14 and verse 3. Jesus clearly told his disciples, I will come again. In our text, 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 15 to 18, we have a complete description of the rapture of the church. The scriptures tell us verse 18, that we are to comfort one another with these words. Paul's teaching concerning the rapture of the church was to be a source of comfort to the Thessalonians. It is also intended to be a source of comfort to all Christians. Let's look at the Bible's description of the Lord's return and the rapture of the church. 
In this portion of scripture, Paul gives us six characteristics of the Lord's return. Number one, the Lord's return will be personal. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. The Lord himself, the Greek word himself, is an intensive pronoun, meaning that the Lord and no other will return. Paul emphasizes that Jesus himself will return to this world someday to take his church away. This is none other than the Lord himself who will come back for his people. The Lord himself, not a substitute, nor a representative, but the Lord himself is emphasized by Paul in verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. This same precise language is found in Acts 1 in verse 11. This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. The same Jesus who has ascended through the clouds, witnessed by his disciples, will return. Jesus shall descend from heaven in the same manner as he was seen by his disciples to ascend into heaven. The way he left this world is the way he will return to this world. Acts 1.11 in the New Living Translation reads this way, Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. In the parable of the ten virgins, Jesus likens himself to a bridegroom who will come for his bride. In Matthew 25 and verse 10, it says this, And while they went to buy, that's a reference to the five foolish virgins going to buy oil, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. The point that this parable is making is that the bridegroom came. Yes, there was lots of waiting involved, but he eventually came. Some were ready for his coming, the five wise virgins, and some were not ready for his coming, the five foolish virgins. But he still came. Jesus Christ will come for his bride, the church, and he will personally return for his bride. The second characteristic in this portion of scripture is also found in verse 16, and that is, the Lord's return will be a royal return. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16, reading from the New King James Version. There are three phenomena that announce or herald Christ's return. According to verse 16, there is a shout, a voice, and a trumpet that sounds at his coming. These three phenomena attending the Lord's return speak of his royalty. They speak of one who has great authority and power. They speak of the arrival of a lofty and great leader. They speak of the coming of a king in all of his splendor and majesty. Jesus Christ 
in all of his dignity and splendor is descending from heaven and coming to earth as king. The shout could be a cry of command as a commander shouts to his soldiers in battle or as a charioteer to his horses or as a shipmaster to his oarsmen. The shout could be an authoritative announcement that one of greatness is coming. Jesus has returned as victor, as king, and as lord to receive his bride. The shout could be an authoritative summons as a commander would call his troops to rally and to return to him. Perhaps the shout or command was an order for the dead to arise. This scripture indicates that the Lord would himself make such a shout. Verse 16 says, The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. The phrase, with the voice of an archangel, can mean a voice of an archangel or the voice like an archangel. The sound of a trumpet also attends the return of Jesus from heaven. And with the trumpet of God, the trumpet is used in several ways in the scriptures. To declare war, to announce a religious event, to gather people for a journey, to rally people to a certain place, and the arrival of a great person. For all of these reasons, the trumpet was used in the scriptures. The last three are important to this particular context in 1 Thessalonians. To gather people for a journey, to rally people to a certain place, the arrival of a great person. These three fit the description of the Lord's return and the rapture of the church described here in 1 Thessalonians. The scriptures clearly indicate that Christ's return for his church will be announced from heaven forcefully and dramatically with the shout, a voice, and a trumpet. The third characteristic of the Lord's return will involve the resurrection of the dead, according to verse 16, and the dead in Christ will rise. This scripture tells us that the resurrection of the dead results from the shout, the voice, and the trumpet of God. The sound of God and the trumpet of God awake the dead in Christ. When Jesus returns, he will summons the dead in Christ to arise from the grave. They will be called to himself in the air just as Jesus called out to Lazarus when he was dead. It says in John 11 and verse 34, And he, that is Jesus, cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Immediately after Jesus called Lazarus to come forth, he arose from the dead. Jesus demonstrates his power to raise the dead. There in John 11. Earlier in John 11, Jesus clearly states, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. That's John 11, verse 25. Back in John 5, Jesus says, 
Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. John 5, verse 28. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the grave will hear his voice. The shout, the voice of Jesus, calling the righteous dead to come forth from the grave. Notice the dead in Christ will rise first, according to verse 16. Those who have died, knowing the Lord Jesus, the righteous dead, the dead in Christ, will rise first. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. It says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we, that is the living, shall be changed. Both 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 16 and 1 Corinthians 15 verse 52 clearly state that when Jesus returns, that first the dead in Christ will be resurrected, then the living will be changed or given resurrected bodies. According to Paul, this will be the order of things. Fourthly, in verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians, it tells us that the Lord's return will involve the removal of the church from this world. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, that is the dead in Christ, in the clouds. That's 1 Thessalonians 4 in verse 17. I have said this before, but let me repeat it. The verb caught up used here in verse 17 is where we get our English word rapture from. The English word rapture is derived from the Latin word rapturo, meaning to seize or to carry off. It is the equivalent to the Greek word harpazo, used here and translated as caught up. Harpazo means to seize, to claim for oneself eagerly, to snatch away, to seize and carry off speedily, and to catch away. These five specific shades of meaning come with this word, harpazo, to catch away speedily. The idea here is that the church will be suddenly and quickly removed from this world. It will be a sudden event that will come without warning. Jesus talks about the sudden arrival of the Son of Man in Matthew chapter 24. He says, Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. That's Matthew 24 and verse 44. Also, in Luke 12 and verse 40, Jesus talks about his sudden and unexpected return. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. That's Luke 12 and verse 40. So this word harpazo also means to seize by force. So the idea here is to seize what is rightfully yours by force if necessary. The coming of Christ will be a forceful and dramatic and dynamic return, where he will return and forcefully take away his church, his bride. The word harpazo also means to claim for oneself. 
The idea here is that Christ will return to rightfully claim what is his. The church, those who belong to him, the Lord will claim his bride for himself. Paul speaks about the church as the bride of Christ. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That's Ephesians 5 and verse 25. The book of Revelation talks about the church as the bride of Christ. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. That's Revelation 21 and verse 9. This is a reference to the church. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. That's Revelation 19 and verse 7. When Jesus returns, he will claim his bride for himself. The word harpazo also means to move to a new place. The church will be removed from this earth to heaven. Jesus has gone to prepare a home for us in heaven, the Bible tells us, and he will return to take us there. Jesus says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. That's John 14 and verse 3. Another reference to the church being removed from this world. Again, the word harpazo means to rescue from danger. The church will be taken home from the outpouring of God's wrath on this world and before the outpouring of Satan's hostilities on the church. Think of it as being rescued from hostile territory. Jesus talks about the church being gathered into a place of safety at the coming of the Son of Man. In Matthew 24, Jesus says, And he, that is the Son of Man, will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. That's Matthew 24 and verse 31. Those who are alive when Jesus returns will be caught up together with the dead in Christ to meet the Lord in the air. Another characteristic of the Lord's return will involve a great reunion, according to verse 17. And then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them, that is the dead in Christ, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 17. The scriptures say that we will meet the Lord in the air. As the Lord descends, believers will ascend to meet him. It appears from the scriptures that the Lord Jesus, in his coming, will not descend completely to the earth, but remain at a distance from it in the air. Those believers who are alive will be caught up to meet Jesus in the air, together with those who have been resurrected from the dead. We will be caught up together with and united with the dead in Christ, those believers in Christ from past generations. This verse describes this remarkable reunion in the sky. Believers will be received into the presence of Jesus in the clouds. The Bible says that Jesus will return in the clouds, and then they 
will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. That's Luke 21 and verse 27. And when he has said these things, as they were looking on, he, that is Jesus, was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. That's Acts 1 and verse 9. And the words of the angels to the disciples, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. That's Acts 1 and verse 11. Then he looked, and behold, a white cloud, and seated on the cloud, one like the Son of Man, with a golden crown on his head, and a sharp sickle in his hand. That's Revelation 14, verse 14. Here we have a picture of Jesus coming back to this world for the purpose of gathering in a harvest. The harvest of the righteous and the unrighteous. In the parable of the wheat and the tares, Jesus instructs the reapers, let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares, and bind them in bundles, and burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. That's Matthew 13 and verse 30. Notice that the wheat is gathered into my barn, a place of safety and protection. For the righteous, this harvest will be welcomed. But for the unrighteous, it will not be welcomed. Jesus promised his disciples in John 4 and verse 3, If I go, I will come again and receive you to myself. The Lord's return involves a great reunion of the bridegroom and his bride, the Lord and his church, the Christ and the living and the dead in Christ. There will be a great assembly of believers received by Jesus when he returns. The scriptures say we will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then finally, the Lord's return will result in the church remaining with Christ forever. Verse 17, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 17. This is the climax of the Lord's return. Endless fellowship with Christ forever. John 14 and verse 3 says, If I go, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The Bible tells us that in the final judgment that the king will say to those who belong to him, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's Matthew 25 and verse 34. We have been talking about the Lord's return and the rapture of the church. We have learned that Christ's return involves the personal return of Christ to this world, that he returns as royalty, as a king of splendor and majesty, that when he returns, he will resurrect the dead in Christ. We have learned that he will remove the church from this world. 
that all those that know Christ, the living and the dead, will be reunited with him in the air, and that they shall forever be with the Lord. The Bible tells us that we are to expect this event to happen in our future. That the Christian is to eagerly anticipate and to prepare themselves for this event to happen. In fact, the truth about Christ's second coming is to be a source of encouragement and hope for the Christian. Join us in two weeks for our next episode of Relevant Truth. Never miss an episode of the podcast by subscribing on iTunes. If you like the podcast, why not rate and review the podcast on iTunes? You can also visit my website, relevanttruthpodcast.com where you'll find an archive of all of these messages and book recommendations. You can contact me at rockrevmason79 at gmail.com. That is R-O-C-K-Rock, R-E-V, Rev, M-A-S-O-N, Mason, 79 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.